Welcome to another episode of The Craziness That Lives Inside My Head. I want to um, continue, I guess this be part two, of the 1970 Gay Sex Bar series. <laughs> and um, the bars today that I'm going to focus on, the ones that I, I can only focus on the bars that I hung out. The ones I hung out in the 70s is the eagle, the eagleness, and the spike. And if I'm not mistaken, and if I am, don't worry to contact me. I don't, I don't have no problem admitting if I'm wrong. But the eagle and the spike was next to each other, around 20 between 22nd and 23rd Street on um, West Street. I'm talking about the 70s. I want to give you a little background about the 70s. The gay community in the 70s weren't all that welcoming to drag queens and black men. I mean, I don't care what anybody said. They want to argue me down. We can argue about it. Now, the reason why they weren't too friendly to drag queens because the, the bars that I was hanging out in weren't friendly to drag queens. You know, drag queens did not. I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure drag queens did go to the eagerness and the spike. But when I was going there, and I was going there in mid-70s, I had a friend. I don't know if I told you about my friend, my friend Richie, who taught me about the village, the gay bars in the village. But the only bars that he took me to were the, what they call them, the leather bars because the eagerness was definitely a leather bar, and I think the spike was too. And they were right next to each other, basically. They, I know some guys that go into the eagerness. If they don't see what they like in the eagerness, they'll go into the spike. And, and Well, the spike was brighter, that I do remember, than the eagerness. The eagerness, um, we're talking about mid-70s when a bar was a bar. Let me give you an example. Before disco, disco took off definitely in the mid-70s. Before disco, and I used to hang out bars. Most of the bars I hung out was like, you could say the black bars in Brooklyn. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. So those are the bars I hung out in. And they were like, I guess they call them conversational bars, neighborhood bars. You go in there, you have your drinks. You know, I like the fact if you go, what they call, uh, happy hour, you get three, you, you get three shots for one. Three for one shots. It was great, and it was bright and everything. And people come there, come there from work, and or you come there before you go home for the night, and you have your drinks, your friends. Okay, that was definitely early seventies, seventy seventy one. Okay, all of a sudden here come disco, and one by one, the bars circle that I was hanging out in started to have DJs. What was the DJ? Disc jockeys. And they would have, okay, you go in there, basically on weekends. They would have disc jockeys, I think, Friday nights and Saturday nights, basically. So Friday night you go in there. Let's say you go home first, take a shower, and you go to your neighborhood bar, and everybody's there drinking and conversation, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, this is Friday night and Saturday night. I'd say around 11 o'clock, the lights, they dim the lights, and the DJ start blasting the disco music. That was that was happening from bar to bar to bar. I mean, um, 
I, there was one bar on downtown Brooklyn. I was shocked because it was definitely, I called it an alcoholic bar. Only people go there to drink. They had the three for ones, and that's what you went there for. And then one night, around 12 o'clock, midnight, I was there, and all of a sudden, the lights dimmed, and the disco music came on. He, he hired himself a, a DJ, and the reason why he hired himself a DJ and start playing disco music is to draw a crowd. Mind you, I was, what, 21, 22? I mean, most of those people who drank, let's be honest, back then, were pretty old. The old ones drank a lot. And like these bars, that's in the beginning, that's who they was attracting. But old people don't stay out late. Old people go home around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. The bars used to be empty. But then if you get yourself a DJ to start at 11 or 12 midnight, the young folks will come in and they may, they may not do as much drinking as the older folks, but then they're going to spend money. This is what was happening in the bars. This is what was driving the disco uh, era. The reason why I mention that, because when I first went to the Eagle Nest, if I'm not mistaken, I could be, but when I first went to the Eagle Nest, the Eagle Nest did have music. I think they have, it was a leather bar. It was a, what they call country western leather bar. So the music they had was country western music. Okay, fine. I remember that. I really do. And it was like a regular conversational bar. I think, and we don't keep saying conversational bars because the way they was listing bars back in the 70s, gay bars, you had your country western bars, you had your leather bar, you had your, your disco bars, um, and you had, you, you had, um, conversational bars and conversational bars basically that's what it means it means you go in there you sit at the bar or you sit at the table and you drink and you just have you know okay the eagerness one night i went in there and they started they did have music and all of a sudden around 11 12 o'clock here comes the disco music and i'm like wow they're playing disco music so you know me I'm a disco queen. I start shaking my booty, shaking my breast, whatever you want to call it, my man boobs, starting the disco. And then the bartender come over to me. He goes, "You, you know, um, we don't allow dancing in here." Now I'm looking at him like he's crazy, cause I'm sitting in a chair, shaking my booty and shaking my sitting at the bar. Sitting at the we don't allow dancing here. It means they don't allow dancing because they don't have a, a what you call it, a cabaret license. You have to have a cabaret license. In order to have dancing. Plus they didn't have a dance floor anyway. So. To make a long story short. Because I did argue with him. And I told him. I said if you don't want me to dance. You don't want anybody to do anything. Because I wasn't the only one. I mean I think this was the eagle nest. I think a, a, a drag queen did sneak into the eagle nest. And she got. You know. She left. Because she wanted to dance. There's no dancing. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm not a drag queen. But I'm sitting at the bar. Shaking my booty. No, you can't do that. So, this night, I remember, they want to kick, no, they tried to kick me out, and I said, no, I'm not going. So, he said that I'll call the police. And I laughed. I laughed. You know why I laughed? Because everybody down in the village knew that most of those gay bars were operated by the mafia. And I don't think the mafia wants to be, uh, how you say, want to police to come to their bars and start investigating, you know, snooping around. So I said, no, I'm not leaving. And the guy didn't know what to do. 
and he did. He came around. This is a bartender. He came around. He tried to pull me out of the chair to pull me. And I just, you know, me, I was 300, close to 400 pounds. I just moved my arm. This is a skinny little queen, you know. I moved my arm, and she, I knocked her down to the floor. So then she looked like she wanted to cry, poor thing. So she says to me, I'll give, no, I said to her, I'm sorry. I said to her, the queen, I said, you give me a bottle. I think I like a rum. I'll leave. So she did. She gave me a bottle of rum and I left. Mind you, I wasn't allowed to go back in there. My friend Richie was with me one night. We tried to, that's when they had a bouncer. That's what happened. They had to hire a bouncer and they wouldn't let me in. They said, we're not letting that fat queen in here. They wouldn't let me in. I got kicked out of Eagle Nest and I couldn't get back in. But I, eventually I did get back in. Um, Richie was hanging out with me. Like I said, he would say, well, I want to go to Eagle Nest for a while. Hang out at the Spike. So I hang out at the Spike. It was brighter. They did have disco music, but it was more bright. Again, there was no dancing. They didn't know dancing. They didn't have a cabaret license. It was bright. And... Um, these two bars had a transformation. Now, I just mentioned at the beginning being black and, and most of these bars in the village, with the exception of Peter Rabbit, and there was another bar. I can't think of a name right now, but Peter Rabbit definitely a lot of blacks. Because that was a disco bar, definitely. But these country western bars, these leather bars, basically were um, white and my friend Richie would call them leather queens, you know. And uh, they had their motorcycles outside the bars, you know. So, there weren't many blacks. I mean, you could count the blacks on your hand. I mean, th there's time I sat at the spike and I was the only black person in the whole bar. But then there were nights when I would go there and I did see blacks. And mostly the black, mostly the black guys were into the same thing with the white guys. And they were into leather. Excuse me. <coughs> they were the leather. <clears throat> And the other thing is that I noticed these black guys was quite well endowed. If they weren't, my friend Richie used to make fun of them. He said, you don't know what that's real or not. They probably stuffed toilet paper down there just to make it look big. But anyway, the black guys that was coming there, these Western guys and all, they were they was pretty well endowed. I mean, looked in their crotch everything. And I wasn't well endowed and I wasn't I didn't have a great body. I very rarely got picked. I don't know, I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever got picked up at the eagerness and the spike. I've never got picked up at the eagerness and the spike. Never. Never got picked up there. And one of the reasons, I mean, the obvious reason, I wasn't, a, I wasn't into leather. I didn't dress like leather. I didn't dress like a cowboy. At least not for that bar. And... I didn't put, I didn't stuff toilet paper down my crotch to make to make it look like I had a huge dick. I didn't know that didn't happen either. So I never got picked up. I only went because my friend Richie wanted to go. I never wanted to go, and that bitch, she she um she don't like to do anything by herself. She like what she did was now this is very interesting. The eagerness turned into uh, a sex bar because now I haven't been there mind you I they wouldn't let me in for a while I only went I went to the spike because it the way for Richie because we was hanging out that night and she has to go to the eagerness and she really was going to the eagerness because she said they had a back room and she loved to get she loved to get those blowjobs 
Mind you, she didn't blow anybody, but she 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 blows them. You know, they blow her anyway. And she was telling me the story that oh, they got a back room now, and now they got sawdust, and you gotta go to the back room. And I tried again, and the, it was a bouncer, it was a new bouncer, but I I've been blacklisted, and they wouldn't let me in. Okay, fine. So we hang out for the night. I meet her down. You know, I took the train. She drove. She was in Queens, so she drove down, parked the car, and then. I'll come off from the train station next she'll see there and she we we go she'll start off at the spike with me. Then she'll say, Oh wait for me. Don't go, don't wait for me. and then I'll sit there until she get her nuts off and then we go home or we go to another bar. But the eagerness finally finally they let me into the eagerness. Now what was happening too, I don't know if people remember, remember this, those who went there though? Um, there was a lot of robbery going on. You had these sex bars. Now, the Spike, I don't remember Spike having a back room, but the Eagleness had a back room. And what was happening, because Richie was telling me, she said, when you go to these bars, you always put your money in your shoe. Don't put it in your wallet because you go in the back room, they'll, they'll steal your wallet. So, this is very interesting. The correlation was. When the robbery started, there was a lot of, I shouldn't say there was a lot, but you only had, let's say, remember I told you I was the only one at the spike? Well, when these back rooms started and these guys was going to the back room, you can't see in the back room, it's black, you know, it's dark, dark, you can't see. And you got guys on, on there, this is what I heard, guys were on their knees blowing you, and while they're blowing you, they, they stick their hand in your back pocket and steal your wallet. That's what I heard. And in fact, I'm going to make another, uh, in another episode that has happened to me at the Metropolitan. If you, those of you who know the Metropolitan Theater, it was a porn theater. And that has happened to me. Because I used to say, when she told me this was happening at the Eagle Nest, I said, well, how can you just stand there and get blown and somebody can steal your wallet? But when it happened to me, I realized these, whoever, these people that were stealing wallets were pretty good at it. You never know that was in your... They giving you this, this good blowjob and, and meanwhile they got their hand in your back pocket stealing your wallet. Now when I say about the correlation, here's the correlation. You had more blacks going into these, these bars now. They mainly went to the eagerness. Now and I shouldn't say more. If I'm the only one, that's another one, that's two, that's more. <laughs> if it's two, that's more. And that's basically was it. I think there was one or two blacks that was going there. And then, let's not put it all on the blacks. There was a lot of white boys going there that was stealing wallets. But of course, when the wallets got stolen, they blame they blame the blacks first because they let they started let you know these little black boys going in there. So then they started charging. I think it was five dollars to get into the eagerness. I don't know about the spike, but I think eagerness was charging five dollars to get in. I think they had a bouncer charge five. Well, I just, that's when they let me in because they had a new another new bouncer. And I just paid my five dollars. I went in. That's when I got back into the eagerness. And it was interesting. They had a back room. They also had a. Uh, they had another room. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. I've been to so many of these sex bars that I get them all mixed up. But I do know the eagerness had a back room, which really shocked me. And I'm gonna tell you. Let's get back to the spike. The spike had one also at at towards the end. 
I think towards the end, I think the spike had one. They didn't stay open too long because this, the spike didn't get one towards when, unfortunately, when HIV came out, when they was trying to shut them, shut everything down. So anyway, getting back to the eagerness, um, I didn't get picked up there. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I did see a lot of leather queens, and, and it was, you know, I, I want to mention this too. I had a friend named Will, and we became friends in sobriety. So I got sober in 84. So prior to 84, I was hanging out in all these sex bars. And when I got sober and I met Will at one of the AA meetings, and Will and I, we start, like I'm doing now, start talking about the old days and what we should do. And, and, I, used to talk, and I told the story how I never got picked up at the, at the, at the eagleness. I never got picked up at the spike because nobody wanted me because I was fat and this and getting all teary-eyed and depressed about you know how I missed out on all that sex. And then he said, yeah, nobody want me either. Nobody. He was saying the same thing I was saying. He experienced the same thing. And I'm looking at him. How the hell? You know, and I said to him, how the hell did you experience that? My friend Will was fan. He was Hispanic. He was Puerto Rican. He looked Italian. He worked out five days a week. He had a bulge on him. There was no way in the world that he could go to the eagerness and don't get picked up. I said, you got to be crazy. He said, no, he didn't. He did. He hardly. He didn't say he never got picked up at eagerness. He hardly ever get picked up at the eagerness and the spike. I never got picked up at eagerness and the spike. He said he and I couldn't believe it. He was prime spike material. He was prime eagerness material. And then he said this to me, which shocked me, and I didn't think about it. He said the reason why he hardly ever got picked up at either one because he thinks that he thought that his looks and his body was so great that guys were scared to come on to him. Of course, I said, oh, please, in my head, I'm like, oh, please, what the bullshit. But then I thought about it and I looked at him, I kept looking at him. I said, he may be right, because if I saw him at the eagerness on the spike back then, I would no way I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother. I said, oh, look, he's so hot looking. So this he ain't going to you know, pay no attention to bad enough. I, I didn't bother with anybody because of my weight. So anyway, that is my experience of the gay bar, eagerness, and the spike. I can't go and can't give you any anything more because, like, somebody who wrote on one of the um, one of my episodes, some guy was saying that uh, he had a great time at that bar and all like that. Well, I'm just giving you my experience. I'm quite sure that there are guys out there. Who, well, I know guys, not just the eagerness and the spike. I've seen one guy who's been to every sex bar that the village had to offer. And this this one guy, I think I think one night, I forgot what sex bar I was in. I remember we going in together around one o'clock in the morning. And then I sit there at the bar drinking, of course. It got to the point that's the only reason why I go to, to bars, sex bars, drink. And then last call, mind you, I get there one o'clock in the morning, I see the guy go in the back room. When the guy called last call, that's when they start turning all the lights on. The lights go up, even in the back room. And I see the same guy coming out the back room. I said, well, damn. He got there at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's going on 4 o'clock. And he just, <laughs> well, the same guy, I've seen him do that in almost every sex bar down in the village back then. So you had a lot of guys who, who did have a good time in those sex bars. But I'm just saying, 
I did not get picked up at the Eagle Nest or the Spike. And that has a lot to do with uh, my weight. I'm not going to use my my race as a as a factor. It's, it wasn't like I said, they weren't too friendly to to black um, black men back there. And I'm gonna I might have said this in other uh, episodes. I'm gonna say say it one again here. And I think it was at the Eagle Nest when I heard um, two white guys talking, and they could have been talking about me because I heard one guy one white guy said the other white guy. I wouldn't go out with a black guy unless he had a big dick. This is Eric, and thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head.